fairly straightforward. We've got uh, Dexter working through his odd, not quite 12-step program with Lila. We've got uh, more Bay Harbor Butcher stuff, so Lundy's finally uh, back on the trail again with that. Uh, a little bit more crime actually happening for the first time in a few episodes. Uh, what would you guys think of this one? I thought this one was good. I did like this one. This was a good episode that sent everything forward. And so it, it was it was getting everything back on track after sidetracking us with Lila. Yeah, I think I was very into this episode for lots of reasons. There's <laughs> sex, or dex, I guess. There's some lies, and there's some videotape. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. It, they had you at the title, huh? Abs- I, honestly, I love the title. I think that was a great play on the word. This episode needed some James Spader in it, is what it needed. And then it would have been awesome. Uh, James Spader would have to be like a season-long guest star that Dexter would have to fight against. That would have been amazing. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the main main storyline of this episode is uh, more more of the whole Harry thing falling apart, uh, more Lila stuff. So the episode starts with a flashback based on the tapes of Harry talking to Laura Moser. Harry's pushing her to do something more dangerous with the drug dealer she's working with, and she grudgingly agrees. She also makes a personal remark about their affair, which Harry warrants is still being recorded. Dexter's angry about how Harry let him down. He talks to Lila about it. Lila says Harry misled him. And Dokes and Deb have a conversation about Dexter being a junkie. Deb rebuffs him, and Dokes seems taken aback. He's starting to doubt Dexter again. What I don't understand about that is, is it so outside the wheelhouse that somebody would maybe not tell their family they were a junkie? I mean, that is possible, right? Yeah, I don't think Dokes... I don't think he's like like for sure for sure that that's what's going on uh right at that moment but i think that is enough to plant the seed of doubt with him that you know deb it seems like deb would know that about him if that were true just another reason deb ruins everything (laughs) (laughs) thanks deb Well, and I mean, it's it's totally reasonable that Deb's a, or that uh, Dexter is a junkie and works at Miami Metro because Miami Metro is the worst, and they would never figure that out. But, no background checks, no drug testing. Yeah. But by your own admission, this is the first time we've seen crime in this town in a couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they're either really really good or really really bad. I'm going with really really bad. Oh, Dokes is just uh, murdering all the criminals. <laughs> Freeze, motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, we all were going for the motherfucker at the same time there. Uh, Dexter asks Deb about the cameras, the recording, but they can't view any of the footage until Miami Metro upgrades their software because Miami Metro is the worst. <laughs> uh, Dexter is at the beach with Rita and her mother. Dexter says he has to go meet Lila, and Rita's mom says that he should have Lila over for dinner. The next scene is that. They are having dinner, all four of them. Lila, Rita, Dexter, and Rita's mom. Mom's first question for Lila, what are you in recovery for? Lila says meth. Lila makes a joke about how Dexter and Paul were both into heroin. 
says Tarita, I guess you know we know your type, don't we? Uh, Lila lays it on thick with both Rita and her mother. Rita's mom moves on to asking about Dexter's blood spatter analysis. Lila nearly steps in it by talking about the connection between Dexter's mother and the blood spatter. And over dishes, Rita's impressed. She says, I actually kind of liked her. Rita invites herself over to Dexter's, who says he needs an hour or so to pick up something at work. Which he needs to go and figure out, or try to figure out the whole security tape thing. It's a great little sequence of events that happens right here. It really puts the uh, the pressure on Dexter, and uh, yeah, I was I was definitely like I don't think anything bad happens here, but it was fun to watch Lila sort of play that role of like good sponsor. You know, I mean, she shows up in this like white flowy sundress, you know, compared to Rita, who's usually very conservatively dressed, and just like puts on this show. And and gets Rita to fall for it, you know, which is like, I don't know, it, uh, yeah, it kind of, it sucks because you hate to see Rita fall into that because you're like, yeah, you're smarter than that, but she she put on a good show. It also shows really how concentrated she is on what she's doing because she goes to this overnight trip with Dexter and she's in like you know the tank top with nothing underneath, changing her clothes openly, but to go to this nice little dinner to show off and impress, she's going to be really well behaved and pull together, and it just really shows that she knows exactly what she's doing every step of the way. She's very calculated. But then she totally disses Rita about the Dexter and Paul both being into heroin thing, and I'm just like, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Rita's a saint. It's kind of a funny little line. She was making yeah. light of it. You're just very protective of Rita, Aaron. We know how protective you are. <laughs> Well, and, and Rita's reaction is is what sells all of that, is that she yeah. takes it as kind of lighthearted joking, um, but that they're all, you know, it, it, importantly in this scene, um, the children aren't there, which is interesting, because they have a much more frank conversation than they could have if the kids were there. Um, I mean, we also don't get to see the kids act, which is always a plus, but... Uh, they're they're having this you know more open conversation about addiction and stuff like that that they wouldn't be doing in front of Aster regardless of whether it was her birthday or not. How would original Cody have have handled this conversation? You know how he would have handled it. <laughs> You're on drugs. It's, it's all your fault. fault. Um. So yeah, that I, I liked watching that. I, I you know I talked before about. Uh, seeing something be decompartmentalized where it's it's family mixing with with NA friends. It's like my school friends are meeting my work friends are meeting my parents. Ah, what's going on? Um, and just his his panic at all that, trying to keep every trying to keep all those plates spinning at the same time is really fun. Well, he has so many secrets that he's holding in from different people that it's all just this close to crashing down on him. Yes. Oops, forgot the bread. Yeah. <laughs> Just super awkward, so, like, ah <laughs> So then uh, Dexter arrives at a completely quiet Miami Metro, because apparently nobody hangs out there uh, at night at all. There's a live feed coming from the cameras, but he can't defeat the double lock and get in there and do something about it. So he returns to his apartment where Rita is waiting and very ready for sex. Just as they get into bed, Lila starts leaving a message, and Rita hears her say that she almost slipped up about Dexter's mom. The only thing that would have been worse was if she'd told Rita that they'd spent the night together in a hotel. 
Well, and then she also said, uh, called her Martha Stewart. Aaron, how did you feel about Lila mocking Rita there, calling her Martha Stewart? I like Martha Stewart. Yeah, people like Martha Stewart as well. That's what Dexter says. (laughs) (laughs) But she also calls Rita's mother, uh, tells her she has a stick up her ass. And um, Dexter, in the clumsiest boyfriend move ever, he's like, let me just turn off this recording. (laughs) Right. That always works. And she grabs his hand and is like, don't you dare. (laughs) Oh, well. You you, you don't want to hear this. No, it's fine. It's just... I was totally on Lila's side. I feel like, you know, that's not fair. It's not It's not fair. It was supposed to be in confidence, you know? How does she know that Rita's there and is going to hear these things? You know, I mean, she's, she's just checking in like a good sponsor would after a meeting of that nature. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just... It's just uh, well, and here's a know. contrivance. Here's a contrivance, too, which is... Uh, Dexter has never had a landline before this episode. <laughs> and he certainly never had a 1993 answering machine that plays the message while you're recording it like that before. Um, he's he's fully on board with the whole cell phone thing, like, like most of us under the age of 60 are. Um, so... <laughs> She called that first, but she got that message that was like, this customer hasn't set up his voice mailbox, and so she had to call the landline. Mm-hmm. He just kept that old 1990s answering machine just in case he needed it for backup. The cell service goes out. It does that a lot. His phone is probably owned by Miami Metro, in his defense. Yeah. It's, it's probably the first time it's worked in 15 years, so... Yeah, probably. They haven't updated their software. He hasn't either. <laughs> the software haven't well, updated you... that day. <laughs> I mean, if you remember correctly, Deb's cell phone was thrown into the ocean, and she's been staying at Dexter's, and so maybe she needs a landline for all those hot hookups that she's getting into. <laughs> yeah. This was pre-Craigslist, I think. No, no, Craigslist is going bad. <laughs> Um, so Rita's had enough. She calls Dexter a liar and storms out. Uh, she returns home and tells her mom that she and Dexter had a fight and broke up. And we get that shot of her mom, like, essentially looking into the camera like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, and Dexter goes into his room where Deb is sleeping to get clothes. Deb says, what in the name of fuck are you doing up so early? He tells Deb that Rita broke up with him. Deb wants details. Dexter says Rita thinks he did something bad, but she wouldn't let him explain. Deb tells him he's being a guy by not going after her. Uh, if I'm ever going to get relationship device, <laughs> advice, not ever from her. From Deb? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a relationship that lasts more than 12 hours at a time, you probably shouldn't ask Deb. Well, if it does, they're probably trying to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. Usually when somebody says it's over, it's like, all right, it's over. You know, and just walk away. <laughs> you say so. Go get all a... Right. Just, just all right. Go get a hot dog. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> kind of, I kind of agree on that one. I, don't, I wouldn't take Deb's advice either. Deb's wrong on that. Yeah, that's one of those one of those cliche things is 
women want you to chase them even if they say no. It's like, no. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> nope. Uh, we Dexter- all know, okay? Me too, all right? We all, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Don't chase now. after any women, ever. <laughs> Come into my office, Rita. Lock the door. <laughs> Uh, Dexter finds Dokes listening to the tape of Harry and his mother in Dexter's office Dokes says why would a guy pretend to be a junkie unless he has something worse to hide Dexter goes to LaGuerta to complain about Dokes LaGuerta asks him to hold off on filing a personal complaint until she can talk to Dokes she orders Dexter to leave for a few hours and cool off so Dexter goes to Lila's he's wound up about Dokes and Rita this turns into a dare from Lila to make her understand that turns into sex. After Dexter acts, asks her which step was that. Dexter gets a call from Rita. She says she owes it to him to hear him out. LaGuardia confronts Dokes about talking to Dexter uh, and tailing him. And LaGuardia says last time Dokes went off like this, it cost them their relationship. She tells Dokes to leave Dexter alone. Yeah, I don't know if he cooled off necessarily, <laughs> but... You know, he got into he got into something. <laughs> yeah, and that was the that was the culmination of I think everything that Lila wanted, right? Was oh, to yeah. get him into yeah. that position. He he basically exploded. <laughs> I mean, not not to be crass about it, but like he <laughs> uh, he, he exploded. It all built up, and he just had to let that pressure out, and you know, uh, yeah, it was just really okay, Masuka. Yeah, right. but really though, you know, he's always faked physical contact and physical actions and sex. He's never quite understood. And yeah, we had a couple moments with Rita where we we're like, okay, he was kind into that, but it seems like this is the first time he's had that aggressive passion. Because she's broken some kind of floodgate again. No pun intended, although I think Zach's was intentional. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that this is, he's just built up with the anger we talked about in the last episode. And now all of these feelings, he just, well, exploded. Yeah. Well, season one, Dexter would have been like, yeah, let me get my tools. <laughs> like, that would have been his response to it. Like, she'd be hanging by saran wrap pretty quickly. <laughs> But uh, that sounds like yeah. the worst, worst porn for Dexter ever. Like it, it's like he's a plumber. He's like, let me get my tools. I don't know what I'm going for here, but <laughs> we'll just wait until you figure it out. We're kind of along the yeah. ride. See where this joke. Yeah, goes. I get it. A for effort. Uh, Dexter goes to talk to Rita. She's willing to listen. Dexter tells her that. A lot of things are coming up in recovery. He tells her that he watched his mother get murdered and that he needed a sponsor to confront her killer. Rita asks why he chose to share that moment with Lila instead of for her. Uh, Dexter said that he didn't think Rita would understand. Dexter has an out with Rita, but he comes clean about sleeping with Lila and she can't handle it, throws him out again, and he ends up returning to Lila at the end of the episode. That scene, man, that scene was brutal of their little their little fight there at the end and she's listening and she's taking it in and like you said, he's right there and he can just he can just not say anything and the way he just looks at her and he says you know, not that night. Like, oh, oh. That hurt yeah. me for Rita. It's, it's so like, 
yeah it's on the one hand it's like if he did a live omission there then he's a complete asshole but at the same time like by being honest to her that way it's like well now she has all the information but you know you broke her heart again so well just the, his delivery of that line is just woo ouch well yeah it's his delivery is what got season. him in trouble it is a brutal season <laughs> what'd you say Zach I was just saying that uh, that the way he delivers the line is what gets him into trouble. Had he said it in a different way or a different uh, context, you know, just any other possibility of that, you know, her reaction could have been different. And she could have heard him out because in my mind, I hear Ross saying we were on a break and, you know, they were on a break. So he's in the he's in the right. I think I, you know, poor guy. it's the second he time that. Well, it's the second time in a row, basically, that she decides that she doesn't want to listen to any more of what he's saying and won't won't take any more explanation, um, which is just sort of a a storytelling crutch. It's not very realistic. People would have a conversation mm-hmm. about something like that. They wouldn't just like, no, I'm not listening to you anymore. Get out of my house. <laughs> like, you don't do that and then call the next day and say, okay, I'm willing to listen to what happened about <laughs> you sleeping with Lila. I owe you that much. Oh, I can't believe you slept with Lila. Get out of my house. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But he's just breaking down these these walls, and that's the one thing that Lila is doing to him, or in a way for him, breaking down these walls if he's always had this mask on, and he's just always being, you know, the perfect boyfriend, the perfect employee, the perfect brother, and now he's just like, I don't give a fuck anymore, and just puts it out there. Yeah, do you think that that's, I mean, do you think that he's being cruel there, or is he being honest with Rita? I don't think it's that he's trying to be cruel. I just think that his walls are broken down. I don't even, I don't think he's trying to be mean, and I don't think mm-hmm. he's trying to just be honest either. I think he's just to the point where all the cracks are starting to show. Yeah. Yeah, and and by that same thing, like, I mean, he says to her, I didn't think you could handle it. And so, you know, in the very same conversation for him to just tell her exactly what happened, even if it's not what she wants to hear, like, I I don't remember if that ends up winning him any points later or not. Um, but I know at the time, watching this episode, I was like, well, that might be it for Rita. We might be... Uh, full board on the Lila train for for now, and uh, and yeah, full board on the Lila train is not appealing to me. Yeah. But okay. Oh, I got my ticket. I got my ticket right here, conductor. <laughs> Lila train. So let's move on from that unpleasant and, and uh, get into the Bay Harbor Butcher, which they've not been doing a whole lot of for a couple episodes here. Um, Masuka, yay, Masuka's back. He's on an yay. elevator with Lundy. <laughs> he asks if it's true that Lundy's tracking everyone's web usage and says that he can explain, quote, all that shemale stuff if necessary. Uh, Lundy asks Dexter to go along and see a guy who claims to have escaped the Bay Harbor Butcher. Lundy's aware of Dexter's knack with killer stuff. 
At the crime scene, the victim is not someone Dexter knows. Angel leads Dexter to a railway car and asks him to use his spidey sense. Dexter thinks it's a copycat that doesn't really know Dexter's process. The victim claims that during a burglary, he gave a guy a heart attack, so that's what makes him a killer. Dexter ruminates on how this killer would never meet Harry's standards, and then again, neither would Harry, as it turns out. Lundy enters the rail car and says, if you were the bear butcher, would you use a place like this? Dexter says the location's okay, but the other clues don't fit the M.O., Lundy talks about the Bay Harbor Witcher being clean and orderly while we watch Dexter fiddle with setting up his camera supplies just so. The audience wonders if Lundy has a suspicion about Dexter. Lundy has figured out that the Bay Harbor Witcher uses plastic wrap with his only evidence being the impressions left on the bodies. And Lundy casually mentions that they have security cameras at Coral Cove where Dexter cleaned his boat at the end of the last episode. So, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. I yeah I remember uh, at least the first time that I watched this uh, I watched through season two I was worried that Lundy was starting to figure out that Dexter just knew a little bit too much about all of this stuff. Yeah, they really put the pressure on. That's for sure. You know, getting him into the involved into the case and uh, just the way that Lundy talks to him and asks him certain questions and. Man, it's 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 really fun to watch him sweat. And know? we as the audience know that he incriminated himself on that security camera um, that wasn't really facing the boat he was on, but uh, we know that that's out there, so we don't know if that's coming back to bite him right away, like if Lummi's already seen it and he's trying to tease more information out of Dexter before he makes an accusation, or if if he doesn't know that yet, so... Yeah, and the copycat killer thing is—I guess copycat killer—but you know this this vigilante situation too. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I would, if I was Dexter, I would, it would. I would say I wouldn't find it to be um, flattering. I would find it to be infuriating because the guy is awful at it. You know, Dexter is a—he took him a long time to get good at what he does, and then this guy just comes in and mucks it up. And, and claims to be the Bay Harbor Butcher. And, you know, I mean, obviously Dexter doesn't want to get caught, but at the same time, yeah, like, screw that copycat guy. Like, I would have been yeah. pissed. Well, and Lundy's, like, pretty much sure that it's not the same guy, too. I think that's why he's asking all those questions. Um, Lundy calls and tells Deb to make sure that Dexter's at his meeting. Dexter's worried that they've already seen the footage. A tech confirms that the camera feed is live. Masuka says, well, maybe you'll get some pon- you get to see some pontoon poon. And Lundy says, did you need something? Dexter realizes they're not looking at his marina yet. Lundy talks about the copycat and says that there are Craigslist ads for the vigilante. So, yes, there is Craigslist. Yes. Um, Lundy <laughs> says if a single person is killed by a vigilante, he'll take the case to the FBI. Angel says he thinks he's found a suspect. He found a guy whose mother was attacked by the vigilante's victim. Yeah, I like the, um, the Lundy has the line that they think they found their personal Batman as far as the vigilante, and I thought that was a pretty good line. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with like what Zach was saying earlier. You know, Dexter's so insulted that somebody is, is going to do such a, a terrible job in imitating him. Yeah. I mean, he's not even up to the uh, the other guy that they caught. He's not even up to that level. 
of 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 knowing what, copycat. Yeah, knowing what the what the real story is. What I love. He wasn't. Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say that he's not even as good as the fake uh, ice truck killer, the guy who claimed to be him. I thought yeah, that this storyline was gonna turn into another Neil Perry uh, storyline. Um, it, it really didn't, but it also brought a big fear to Dexter uh, because right now, you know, he's still involved in the in the investigation because it's in house. But if this guy keeps killing, then Lundy's going to take it to the FBI, and the FBI's going to completely take over, which is going to remove him, so he's not going to be able to get the inside track on what they know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The vigilante suspect shows up with his lawyer to be interviewed by Angela and Lundy. Lundy is being annoying with animal crackers. The suspect was recently fired and recently lost his girlfriend. As the surveillance team narrows in on the footage of Dexter, he pulls the fire alarm. Masuka walks to the floor with an orange vest and says, Everybody out. Respect the vest. Don't make me pull out my hose. <laughs> the blood theme starts as Dexter goes to find evidence to feed Lundy to catch the vigilante. Uh, the vigilante has a bulletin board covered in Bay Arbor Butcher news stories. Dexter gets the vigilante into a headlock and starts questioning him. The vigilante confesses to prior killings. Only this last one got away. Ensuring the murders, he meets Dexter's code, and Dexter decides to kill him. Dexter takes him back to the railway car, now set up as a proper Bay Harbor butcher kill room. Dexter reveals that he doesn't need to kill the vigilante, but he is going to, and he finds that empowering. Lundy and a crew arrive, making it seem like Dexter is inside. Instead, they find the vigilante cut up and stacked in bags. Lundy reassures Deb that he will not be giving the case to the FBI, and he also tells her that his constant requests for Dexter have been about not wanting to hear another titty joke from Masuka. Without really realizing it, Deb just sort of throws her arms around him and hugs him. They really... This season, Masuka has fallen into... He shows up, says one line, and then disappears off camera. (laughs) Isn't that always what he did? Well, no, normally he sat there and just made it awkward. By season eight, we'll wish that's all he did. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I can't wait. Blocked most of it out. But I do want to throw back to the line about Lundy being annoying with the animal crackers. Annoying by whose standards? Because I thought he was being very charming with the animal crackers. Uh, he was messing with the, uh, the suspect. Like, they, they were asking serious questions, and he was pulling the animal crackers out and being like, is that one a lion? So he I think it tastes like a hippo. Yeah, I thought it was great. If, if the suspect was annoyed by that, then I don't know what to say about that suspect. He deserved to die. No, I think that was... I think, I think that was his... And he does. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was adorable. That wasn't annoying at all. That was adorable. <laughs> okay. I may get a little crush on, on Lundy. I may be getting Zach level with uh, Zach with Lila. Maybe She's on the Lundy train. <laughs> oh man. It's not even like it's not even a close comparison. I'm more on the Lundy train than the Lila train. <laughs> well, well, you guys you are have, headed to uh, Lundy taste. Town. 
<laughs> yeah, you're all headed to Lundy Town, and I'm headed to Lila Town. La Passion. You might not survive it, but I guess it would be worth it. Yeah, what did I tell you about sticking your dick in crazy? You don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I even learned that lesson a few weeks ago, and I never knew that existed. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, no, she learned it when I said it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, what did you do, no, Shannon? <laughs> yeah, it was. Brooke it was a did fun not vacation. stick her dick in crazy. Yeah, I, I, I maybe yeah. would have had I not learned a few weeks ago not to. Yeah. <sighs> this episode was directed by Nick Gomez. Uh, he previously did work <laughs> on the 1995 film New Jersey Drive, which competed for a grand jury prize at that year's Sundance. Uh, on Dexter, he uh, did this one, and he also uh, started as a hitman on two episodes of season eight. After Dexter, he played a prison inmate named Thomas on the third season of The Walking Dead. The writer was Laura Gessis. She previously uh, wrote and appeared uncredited on Smallville. She wrote 12 episodes across all eight seasons of Dexter promoted several times starting as a staff writer and ending up as a supervising producer by season five after dexter she's currently the executive producer for a show called insatiable which is set to air this year 2018 on netflix um so best line of the episode easy for me if i hear one more titty joke i'll punch him in the face when lindy <laughs> said that about masuka because i think it every time not pontoon poon uh, no, the, the pontoon poon, I'm just going to tell you, was my worst line. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need something? <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. I knew there was a reason I like Wendy. Um, Gosh, were those really the only two storylines this episode? Yeah, that was it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stay on that Lila train uh, when she says, I guess I must be a good sponsor after all. I'm like, man, yeah, the best. You're the best sponsor. <laughs> Twelve steps up to her loft. All right. Oh, good one. <laughs> uh, so, worst line of the episode. We've already got the pontoon poon one on the table. What else is there? When Zach... Zach... Oh, go ahead. I want to hear this. <laughs> when Zach yelled out, he exploded. <laughs> worst line of the episode. <laughs> not, not of our episode. <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it. It's rare we have a contender uh, so strong <laughs> in our episode that it overtakes the lines. In we're going to have to get Showtime to dub that into Dexter now. Are we now going to yeah. add in the worst line of the podcast? <laughs> Uh, that is a that is a really bad uh, direction for us to go, because <laughs> this podcast will go downhill very quickly. People competing for the worst line. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely pontoon poon. Or or the, yeah, what, I, what did they say about the respect the vest thing? Don't make me pull out my hose. That, that's yeah. another good one. Pontoon poon for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, performance of the episode. I'm going with Julie Benz. Hmm, okay. Just the scene where they have the little give and take at the end. and I mean, I was going to say Michael C. Hall, but I'm really trying not to say Michael C. Hall, so I'm going to go with, with Rita. 
Yeah, we might just change that category name and just like best non-Michael C. Hall performance of the episode because he pretty much does earn it every time. But in later seasons, we won't be able to pick anybody. Yeah. Hmm. It'll be like somebody that hands somebody a coffee and has no dialogue. <laughs> like, that was believable. The way that That's Barista handed handoff. him coffee. Strong handoff. I give the performance to the handoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the performance uh, for me is the torrential downpour of rain throughout the entire episode. Hmm. So much so much good rain. I thought the, if there were, the rain wasn't there, the performances wouldn't have been as strong as they were. So I'm going to give it to the rain. Well, that's so that, like, three times in a row when Dexter shows up at Lila's, he's completely soaked. <laughs> yeah. It's just always raining in this episode. <laughs> it's like always the end of a romantic comedy when he gets to Lila's house. And he's just like... <laughs> subtle imagery there. I need, I need yeah. you. Shock Zack didn't go for Lila just because of their, their scene together. Uh, that scene well, was no, I, I did. Was it? <laughs> uh, I, I actually, right? actually yeah. like that scene. But the scene of the episode for me was the one between Lundy and Dexter at the uh, at the train uh, at the train car. So I have to give this one to Lundy as performance of the episode. And then he exploded. And <laughs> now you got me like performance repl- episode to Zach. I'm replaying in my head whether or not the. Dexter and Lila's sex scene was good or not. It was a lead up to, like, when he came in completely soaked. <laughs> oh, that brought, was, that was a good part? He brought the passion. Yeah, I say this. Go back, watch it again. Just refresh yourself. <laughs> a couple times. With the scenes. Slowly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I actually, I'll watch it with... for, honestly, <laughs> for a sex scene, I, I really, I thought it was do- I, well done. But. Okay. No, I'll watch it with my, my wife, who will sit next to me with her arms crossed and be like, what the <laughs> fuck are you watching? It's research. <laughs> I have to watch it five times. This is important. <laughs> Don't look at me. I can't do it while you look. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I did have to watch Alice in Wonderland, an X-rated musical fantasy for some other project I was working on, so had to. this wasn't this wasn't quite as bad. Yeah, uh, the star of that is the same as the the mom character in A Talking Cat. You did Christine show a DeBell. scene of that. I did okay. show a scene of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, 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 I, know, I know the film in which you are referencing. Yeah, I mean, it, pretty much everybody, like, at one point or another sees that movie. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. famous. It's like a mainstream 1970, like, back when... Like, late 70s, right? It was yeah. early, like yeah, like when Deep Throat and Behind the Green Door were like the big thing. Like everybody was making, you know, they like were making porn was porn. legal at that point, and so yeah, they were making like legit, uh, legit porn movies. And the only way to finance them because film was still super expensive and they couldn't shoot on video or anything yet was to do them with a big budget, and so they did a big crazy Alice in Wonderland musical that has sex scenes in it. <laughs> wow, we've definitely gone down that rabbit hole. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, man. 
Thanks everybody for listening. What is the show even about anymore? What did I sign up for? Well, that will do it for season two, episode six. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you on the next episode.